What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to our unnamed soccer podcast. <laughs> we're, uh, we're 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 throwing some names around, but since this is a sports podcast with different sports, we're thinking about having our name in the beginning just so you guys can cycle through easier. But either way, this is the sixth episode of our soccer podcast. Myself, Adam, and Luke. How you doing, fellas? Hello. All yeah, good. All good. It was a, another fun weekend of football, uh, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Glad to be back after the international break. I love watching international games, but then when it's time and it's for me, it's perfect because usually there's a couple games on Sunday that I get to watch before the NFL starts. So mm-hmm. it's like a great transition of sitting on my couch. <laughs> it's just it's the best. Even even Saturdays, because uh, college football is really big here. Do you guys ever yeah. watch any of that? We did, that's not come here yet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I fun. Think we're a couple of years away. Our so it's our Sundays a lot. Are very much. Oh, sorry. Okay, no, no. You you guys watch NFL on Sundays though? Yeah, yeah. So football, NFL, and also Formula One's quite big as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so a, a lot of I mean, you know, the ninety nine point nine percent of the players in the NFL come from college football. So they, uh, it's basically like watching like the team below your favorite team do you do you have anybody like that like it's still your favorite sport but you have you have another team that you like so it's kind of like that i root for iowa it makes no sense i went to temple but you know iowa plays in a division where they could make the playoffs if they went undefeated but uh so it makes a little fun to watch they've had started off two and oh but uh but yeah it's just great fall the weather's turning that nice and crisp before it gets too cold we got all the sports back a lot of fun so All right, this week we are going to go over some FIFA 22 ratings, some that we agree, disagree, think that they overreacted on. And then, of course, we're going to go through a week four of the English Premier League. So they gave this list. Actually, if you type it in, what they're going to do is throw like the top 22 at you, right? So right off the bat, I see two Liverpool, three Liverpool players in the top 22. So it's Salah 89 or four, I'm sorry, Van Dyke 89, who went down from a 90. Allison 89. I think that's the highest he's ever been, right? I think he's been 89 for a minute. Or was he 90? Did he ever reach 90? He was 90 last year. Yeah, he was. He went okay. It says right here. And uh Mane, he's at 89 as well. Um, any surprises at the top? I think Luke may have been a little surprised. Yeah, but I feel like I'm always gonna bring this issue up. I don't really understand why Ronaldo's dropped by two and Messi's still 93. Um yeah. We're talking about Liverpool, Luke. Straight into Man United. (laughs) I don't care about Liverpool. I'm never going to care about Liverpool. I care about the big things. Well, we'll talk about Liverpool. We'll talk about Liverpool first because you name the players. Um, We'll come on to United in a bit. I'm surprised at Salah, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I know Liverpool didn't have that great a season last year with injuries and such, but and I understand Sadio Mane. I think he's had a bit of a. He had a bit of a. You know, subpar season last season, so I understand that. But I mean, Salah got more goals than he did the season before. It was pretty important and one of the best players in the league. Yeah. So I'm surprised with that. Also, they all went down. All of them went down. I I wonder if they just, I don't like we were saying this before, before we started recording. I think FIFA have a really weird way of choosing ratings. And I think they just looked at Liverpool and because they weren't as good as the season before their natural thing is cool let's just drop them all yeah um, which makes no sense like yeah i mean if the stats are there to be like 
Salah's play, scored as many goals a season before or thereabouts. Do you really have a, a good enough case to be like, we're going to drop him other than Liverpool didn't win the league? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I'm also surprised as Liverpool through Ronaldo being dropped. I thought um, we were talking about Man United. No, no, we've moved on to, we've moved on, we've, we've had our Liverpool bit. Now we can. Um, now we can, because normally they, they try and keep Messi and Ronaldo as close as possible, but this is probably the biggest difference we've had in a while. Yeah. So yeah. Ronaldo goes to a proper league and gets dropped. Messi goes yeah. to a league where he's guaranteed everything and he stays to 93. I don't really understand it. Although that being said, I'm glad... Uh, Lewandowski's gone up to a 92 because I feel like yeah. he's been hard done by in a lot of previous previous games. So that's nice to see. But I, I think like, this is, I agree with, with Lewandowski. I mean, it's still such a shame he didn't get that ball on Dior that the COVID 100%. year. He, he totally Stolen. deserved it. I mean, that's, yeah, it's the biggest ripoff I've ever seen. I mean, most teams finished the season out. There was no reason not to give the award. It could mm-hmm. They could have done it virtually. They could have figured something out. But the, yeah. to just not give it, I mean, uh, let's be honest, like say it was a French, so like say Mbappe was due to get it. You think they would have canceled it? It's a French trophy. I, I don't know. A little conspiracy there. But uh, speaking of Mbappe, he is fifth rated overall in the game. Neymar sixth. So with Messi, PSG has three of the top six players in the game. I mean, the whole world knows how good they are on paper. Does this give them any more added pressure? Like now it's actually on paper for the year that, yeah, you guys should win the Champions League or that they know that already? I think, uh, like, they have so many players that have dealt with pressure. I don't think pressure is a big deal. I think the only one that's really under pressure is Pochettino because Messi's mm-hmm. dealt with pressure his whole life, right? Like, he's been the star man for Barcelona that doesn't really get much more pressure than that. Neymar's been at PSG long enough, and I think Mbappe is, he just does his thing. Um, and defensively, you know, you've got so much talent in terms of like Ramos has been in however many Champions League finals. There, there should be no, like they shouldn't be affected by pressure. Mm-hmm. And I'd be very surprised if pressure crumbled them. The only way I think they don't win the Champions League is if they don't all link together and everyone tries to be the star man and doesn't want to make the final pass. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the only reason why I can't see them winning it. Because like you said, if you're going by FIFA logic, they have however many of the the best top top six players. So fifty percent—that's crazy. It's nuts. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be losing anything. But playing in real life is a lot different. To, to play yeah. So I mean, think to. think about it. The only players that, that they don't have in the top six are Lewandowski, Ronaldo, and KDB. I mean, it's yeah. world class talent all around them. So yeah, there's so many eyes on them. But speaking of FIFA, did you guys ever play the alternate version? What's it? What's it? Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. Mm-hmm. I think they changed the name this year to something else, like maybe just e- Evolution e- Football. E- e- football, football now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that like officially changed? Yeah, yeah I think so. Changed. That's like free to play now. Oh damn. Um, but on the FIFA points and cards, I did. I did like if you look at uh, Pepe, uh, so the the centre back who's at. Porto now um you know he's 38 years of age and his pace has actually gone up by 14 <laughs> 14 which, yeah yeah he's he's got like 80 pace now which is incredible <laughs> for someone that's getting older normally FIFA just tank their pace but now they're increasing it 
Yeah, I don't get um, it, man. I don't get their logic sometimes. I really I think don't. Six back is one of the harder positions to to really nail on when it comes to ratings or stats. Um, but even still, I don't really know how you go up 14, 14 pace in one one game. Yeah, getting older. He's thirty eight years old too. That's just that's wild. Uh, Chelsea fans are not happy. A lot of 83s, a lot of low-rated players, including America's own Pulisic. I mean, every time I play FIFA, I, I always find a player that's an 83. 83 is one of those, 83 and 85, where there's so many quality players that they just give that number to. And I don't know if it's a little bit them wanting to make more money from foot because then when they have the better additions of these players come out because of team of the week or whatever, they end up getting towards a 90 and then you can have one of your favorite players as a 90. I don't know. That's, that's a little bit outlandish, but there might be something to it there because they make a fuck ton of money off of foot. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Ultimate team, dude, that's like a money printing machine. So, I mean, there was this kid who spent like $10,000 of his parents' money, didn't notice it. And then when the parents found out, they tried to get it back and like, they couldn't even get their money back. It's like ten thousand dollars on the on the parents' credit card. I but, think uh, I saw. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was done. I I think I saw somewhere that the only game that had more microtransactions was Madden. Yeah, I could see that because they have Mutt or whatever they call it. It's still EA. So between Madden and <laughs> Ultimate Team, um, sorry, I think what's Madden friend? Is it franchise? They have Ultimate Team as well. Oh, is it just so, Ultimate Team? Yeah, they have so that between also. The, between the two ultimate teams, they're probably set. They don't need to do anything else. Yeah, I, I would love to see how much money they made off of that. I mean, it's it's kind of smart in a way. Like now we're hearing eFootball, whatever, is free. So maybe they'll charge for in-game shit. And that, that's how I started playing Fortnite. It was free when I first started playing it. And now it's made billions and billions of dollars because they charge people for cosmetics and all that stupid shit. But there's so much money in that in-game purchase stuff now i mean that's it's a huge market but are you guys going to be going to be getting it this year fifa 22 yeah i've pre-ordered it um yeah my, myself and luke we, we playstation share so we can no, share between it. consoles so he's getting battlefield this year i'm getting fifa but um, nice. one to look at one to look out for next year i think next year it was announced a couple months ago um at eve i think it was announced at e3 is that there's actually a new football game coming out which is going to try and take on ultimate team so it's oh, got yeah. quite a few yeah it's got quite a few content creators involved and it's going to be looking to sort of be a better version of, of ultimate team well what pisses me off about ultimate team is it's it's paid about it's pay to win straight up yeah. like if, if you go in there and you're trying to grind you could grind and you could get a decent team after two or three months but you're just going to go in and play against people that have stars everywhere because they just unload their account and just get whoever they want. I mean, you can buy coins, you can buy players. So I don't like that. I wish it was more of a like a skill-based thing or challenges that you could unlock these players and not necessarily have to pay for them. But uh, <clears throat> like we just said, they're making so much money. So they're, they're not going to change it until we make them, until we stop buying that shit, you know? Yeah, but it's fun. Do you guys do the ultimate team and share it? Do it together? Um, I mean, Adam's way more into to ultimate team than I am. I kind of play FIFA because Adam gets it. Um, okay. 
and we you know it's a social thing right like you kind of jump on and play together but I'm I'm completely the same I've kind of reached a point where it's like if you're not spending x amount a year it's so tough to Mm -hmm. to enjoy it because you're coming up against these teams where everyone's faster everyone's stronger so the enjoyment goes and everyone is so competitive now as well it's not a game you can relax to it's a game where you kind of like especially when you finish work and you finish work and you just want to chill out of a game you go into ultima team and it's just so competitive you find yourself actually not relaxing it's the opposite oh my god yeah big Um, time dude yeah i was crazy into ultimate team uh two years ago fifa 20 and and yeah i agree it was like my some of my weekends i'm like all right i'm gonna do the the weekend challenge, whatever that thing was called, where you got to play 30 games over the course of a weekend. And I would try so hard. And then when you get the rewards on Thursday, it's like, I spent that much time stressing out for this. And then uh, someone can just go buy this great player. So that's what annoys me with ultimate team. I wish it was more, you know, I I would go play e-football if they promised me a more like reward based system where you can build your team. The idea I like, um adam will know the game and i can't remember which game it was but you almost like level up the players adam was mm. that what game's that was it nba 2k there's definitely oh, so a game think... where you can like you start with a so, base player so yeah oh, like on, a... on the two on on the nba ultimate team i probably say that's the best ultimate team i've played in terms of there's certain cards which you do achievements, which then level up the player as well. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's that's great. That like That's imagine, what I would do. Yeah. Imagine starting with, let's say, an 83 Pulisic, right? Mm-hmm. And you score 100 goals with them and their shooting goes up and it affects their overall. Or you get 100 assists and their passing goes up and it affects their overall. Like if you just had loads of these different challenges and then by the time you get to the end of the year, you're maybe with a 92 Pulisic that's way more yeah. enjoyable than and you're like you have more attachments to that card as well right like if you get to the end it's like you've played x amount of games of them scored x amount of goals got x amount of assists and you have this really good card that has made that journey of you it's 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 nicer than just oh I spent money I bought this pack and I got this player that's yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of who it was, but I totally agree with you because last time I was deep into it, right? So I had a couple of really good players and I would always end up playing this team of the week guy. I can't even remember who, he, who what his name is right now. Uh, it's something Anderson. It'll come to me, but he played in the championship. Oh, Keshi. That's his name. Keshi Anderson. And he was a 79 team of the week, but I would score so many goals with him. He was my secret weapon, right? So every time I play against somebody and they, they see I'm scoring with a, a 79, I thought that was funny. But if I could have leveled him up because I, I was good with this guy, that would have been better for me because at some point I had to sub him off because he's just not good enough. But he was like my little secret weapon. But yeah, th- there should be something like that. I think a lot of gamers would, would agree with us on that because if you're putting time in and you like playing with a certain player, reward us for scoring and, and assisting with this player. It, it, it only makes sense. No there isn't i know and they're gonna chase that back always and i just wish they were a little less greedy because even if you do put money in it's not worth what you get like you put 20 bucks in you'll open two packs it's like come on that's ridiculous it's that's highway robbery what do you what do you guys think about holland being uh, 88 he's not quite in the uh elite club yet they leave that for 89s or better i think he'll be 
Fair. He'll be a 90 before the end of the year, I reckon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He'll get he'll get two team of the weeks. That's why they... I think they've done it. I think they've done it because they know he's going to get an upgrade. In he's an animal. So did you see? To... Yeah, it's easy to upgrade him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you guys see his game over the weekend where he scored a PK and the fans are just throwing beers at him? Did you guys see yeah. this clip? And no. who was it? Was it Jude Bellingham that caught one of the beers and like drank Jude. it? He, he caught one, he drank it, and then I think he realized he's still underrated he spit it out. on TV. Oh, out. yeah, that's why he spit it out. <laughs> that makes sense. That was funny, man. But uh, all right, any other players you guys want to mention, or should we challenge, challenge the fans to play us in FIFA? Are you guys really good? Oh, yeah, Adam will play anyone. If anyone right. wants to play me, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. I, I'll play as well, but I'm, I'm not as good. So you, you'll get beat by him, and maybe you'll beat me. But no one's touched me in NHL. I used to run that game. All right, let's get into the weekend. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of good games to talk about. <clears throat> Kick things off with a 3-0 victory for Crystal Palace taking down Tottenham. I was very, very surprised in this game. A lot of people, now correct me if I say his name wrong, were really happy with Edward. Edward? Edward. Yeah. Edward? Edward. Okay. Yeah. Very happy with his performance. Uh, Wilfred Zaha gets a goal on the penalty kick. But I was really surprised. I mean, Tottenham was actually showing me. I mean, they beat City. They were showing me that they were here to play this year. And all of a sudden, they just come out with a dud. And I was, yeah, they were 3-0. So that caught me off guard to losing 3-0 to Crystal Palace. Were you guys surprised at all? I think if we have to cut them some slack, and I don't like giving Tottenham a lot of slack, um, they had a few players missing. So, um the Celso, Davidson Sanchez, um, you know, whether they make that much of a difference, but also Son, who makes a massive difference. And I think you could see from this game, especially. Um, and then obviously they went down to 10 men. I think, I know they've won their first three games, but again, they've won it by being just defensively sort of solid and, you know, three one nil victories. Um, so I just thought when, when Dyer went off, I was just looking at that back line, it's, it's still pretty poor. Still a pretty poor backline. Um, mm. For all the praise that people have been giving um, Tandanga, um, I think he's just a he's a a typical average English defender who looks good because when they make a mistake, they're able to recover quickly. Whereas, really, when you look at his decision making, I mean that that foul he done on Zar. It's just terrible. Um, yeah. And then two minutes later to get sent off. Um, but I thought, I think the Crystal Palace, it's been bubbling with how Zaha's wanted them to, I spoke a few weeks ago, how he wants to shift the, the sort of philosophy from Hodgson to a more attacking style. And they've signed this Edouard from, from Celtic, who I'm surprised some other teams didn't go in for, especially a team like Arsenal. Um and Zaha, yeah, and also Gallagher on loan from Chelsea, who looks like a real, a real good talent. And I think yeah. it just clicked. Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. They uh they dominated. They they not only won, I mean, they they totally dominated this game. They when did Tenganga get kicked out? It was like the 58th, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, but even, yeah, even before then, I think yeah. the first first 15, 20 minutes was a bit of a boring game. Again, I think that's because the way Tottenham set up as well, and that's where they really miss Son. 
because on that counter they weren't as threatening. Um, I think Crystal Palace grew into it, and then yeah, once the sending off happened and they got their first goal, they just sort of steamrolled past them. What? Yeah, because I've watched I've watched the um, I watched the game, and then I watched the highlights a few times. I'm trying to understand why Tanganga made the first challenge. Was it because uh, I'm not sure who was down, but one of the Tottenham players was down. Was it because of that and no one kicked the ball out and he just kind of lost his head? It did look like he lost his head, but to be fair... I, when I you... can't understand why else Why else would you put your hand there? When you look back at it, it wasn't... They they didn't have to kick it out anyway. It wasn't a head injury. No, I, no, no, no um, I, I agree. I'm just... Was that what it was? He just thought, well, you should be kicking it out. So he just lost to himself. I think that and just it was a very rash, impulsive thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was a, an emotion type thing. But yeah. I mean, they they got crushed. It was it was uh, 62 possession to 38. Uh, Crystal Palace had 18 shots, four on net to Tottenham's two, one on net. Would Could I argue that Son is actually the MVP of this team and not Harry Kane? I, Do you think he, he like for Tottenham for their strategy for Nuno like for their system? Not who's a better player. Do you think Son might be the MVP of this team because when he plays, they look like they can do it, and then he didn't play, and look what happened. I think there's yeah. that, but you also have, I I don't know the Kane's hearts in it. Oh yeah, like Definitely I think not. he just wants to go, so you're never going to get the most out of a player that's in this. Adam's probably going to disagree, but. I, yeah, I just I think, think he's great. kind of reached that point where like he's he's still gonna give our head percentage every game, right? But I I'm just wondering if he's just at that point now where he's like, I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere else winning something. Yeah. That's my thinking. It could be wrong, but that's just where I'm kind of questioning I hear you. Yeah. Where they're at. We think Adam. I did I, I disagree just because I think players at that top level don't think like that. Um, I've seen it a couple of times. I mean, for me, personally, when Suarez wanted to leave, when Coutinho wanted to leave and they didn't get their transfers, it didn't really affect them that much. And I think it's more to do with the system that they're playing and missing Son. So Son is very good at that pace on the counter, bringing two players towards him, where then Kane can make the space for whether the cross comes in or the pass comes in for the finish. Um also, I, I think it's an, an issue as well. We've ever since Kane's been was managed by Mourinho, he's now he drops deeper and deeper into midfield, mm. and it's almost like he wants to sort of prove that he's that sort of all-round striker, rather than a you know you look at a Lewandowski rather than that Lewandowski type figure who actually he knows he's a number nine and he knows just where to be. Um, yeah. But no, I, I don't think he's. If he has, I think it would only be for a game or two, because once the transfer yeah, window sure. once the transfer window shuts and it's been made clear, he's not going anywhere. And I think he knows now. All right, he won't so go that, in January. Well, that brings me up to something that Luke and I were talking about. <clears throat> well, first of all, I wanted to say, Tottenham, they 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 don't necessarily need to rebuild, but they're kind of close to needing to rebuild. And where can they get money to rebuild? Right. You could sell Kane or Son or sell both of them and make a shitload of money, right? And first off, as a Liverpool fan, I would love to see Son under Klopp. That would be 
that would be beautiful. But when it comes to Harry Kane, he, like you said, Luke, I mean, he's pretty much the prototypical striker. Like if someone's like, build me someone who can score and I can put out front and he's going to put it home. I mean, Harry Kane, you know, he scores a lot of goals inside the box. He doesn't score from outside the box often, but he still scores a shitload of goals. So he's really good at what he does. But uh, Luke and I asked Luke Adam, I said, is there any chance if the, the chips just fall perfectly, Man City really needs a striker. Tottenham wants to get something for Kane rather than have him walk. Is there any scenario that Kane gets sold in January? I'd say less than 10% personally. Yeah. I think the transfer of that magnitude to happen in January, um, I think City... Uh, I mean, we'll come on to City Leicester. Well, I don't think they played that great. I think they're showing that they can cope without a striker. Um, and, you know, Daniel Levy, he's, you know, what, what, whatever people think of him, he's a, he's a very good businessman and he's very a strong negotiator. So I can't see, I think City have offered as much as they're prepared to. And I can't see Levy coming down on his valuation until maybe next summer. Can't see that happening in January. I, I think there's more chance, and I think there's still a slim chance, but I think there's more chance of Man City getting Lewandowski in January. And I still mm. think that's like around 10%. But I just think there's the reason I think there's more chance, because I think there's more chance of Bayern Munich letting Lewandowski go and getting Haaland in the, in the summer than there is of Spurs letting Kane go with no real targets. I mean, I know there's, there's mention of Martinez from Inter. I don't think Inter are going to sell um, another striker. So I'm still saying it's like 10%. I, I, I don't think any like top-tier striker is going to move to City in January. Yeah. But if by on some chance one of them was meant to be there, I think Kane's probably the, the least likely. This, He's too uh... important. Yeah, he is. And this season, it's going to be a battle. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams in this league. Really, really good teams with deep squads, with talent all over the place. But when it comes to Tottenham, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think, like, put on my my crystal ball, like, seeing to the future. Like, how good can this team actually end up? And I really don't know. I guess it's still too early to tell. But, you know, they started off by winning the games. It wasn't necessarily pretty, but they were winning. And now they're flaw. They showed some flaws. Uh, I wouldn't panic necessarily. I just they're just. I don't know what to say about Tottenham right now. I'm just confused by by them. What do you guys think? You think they're good or they're just average? I think they. I think they'll finish higher than they did under Mourinho. Um, okay. They've they've spent some money. They've made some signings. I think similar to what Wolves fans saw with Nuno there. Just the style of play won't be as attractive. Um, they're not going to be great to watch. You know, they might score a few. They've got players that might score some wonderful goals. But in terms of team performances, I think it'll be very much stay solid at the back and hit on the counter. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think top four would just be too much for them because I think the team, the four teams there at the moment are miles ahead of them. So, I think, you know, Europa League, possibly above Leicester. Okay. Between I mean, fifth and sixth. that's not horrible. It's not horrible. No. But it's just, 
I just can't figure them out. Like I was also talking to Luke pregame now, different type of team, but I'm always like this with Burnley because every time I'm ready to say they're horrible, they'll win. And every time I think they stink, you know, the wait, I said that backwards. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like every time I make a decision on Burnley, it goes the other way. But this mm-hmm. year, you know, they're they're minus five in goal differential. They have one point. They're down there with Newcastle, which I don't think Newcastle's that bad to only have one point right now. Uh, and Norwich, obviously, with, with zero. So they're the three worst teams right now. Uh, let me just throw it out before we start moving on. Which of these three teams do you think it's just just Norwich that'll stay in the bottom as of right now? Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich so far. I think I think Norwich will stay there. Yeah. Um, who I else can is Newcastle there? going down. Oh yeah. I think they'll just be fine. I think they'll just be fine because as much as much stick as Steve Bruce gets, and you know, I don't think he's that great a manager. He's working with a he's he's actually doing an okay job with what is a very poor team, apart from the couple of players, St. Maximum and Wilson. But I think they've just got enough to keep them up. Okay. Because if they go down, they're going to lose those two guys you just said. No doubt about it. I mean, they might lose them anyway. But uh, that that could be really bad for a franchise. I mean, you see, like, Sunderland, they went down and then down and then down. It's It sucks to see that happen to a team that just keeps falling. But, you know, still early. So if you're a fan of one of those teams, don't panic yet. Uh, all right. Arsenal, speaking of don't panic yet, Arsenal wins one nothing over Norwich. Now, we all just said we think Norwich will probably go down. But they won. Obama Yang scored the goal in the 66th minute. Did you guys watch? Were you impressed at all? Or what did you think of this game? I mean, we talked about this again before uh, before Adam joined. And it was, we, we both were kind of saying, it's, it's one of those situations where they sh- you expected them to come out and be like, right, this, this is us. We're going to get our season started here. This is what we're about. And it was quite the opposite. It was like, in my opinion, very lackluster. Yeah. Um, the goal was super scrappy. And yeah, I wouldn't be particularly excited as an Arsenal fan. I, I thought it was a pretty bleak game, but a win's a win. A win's a win. That's true. Uh, they needed this. They, dude, they, they shot 30 balls towards the target. Only seven of them went on net, but they were firing. They were firing away. And, uh, you know, the goalkeeper on the other end, he had his, he had his work cut out for him. Tim Cruel, but uh, but Aubameyang scored. So uh, Adam, what do you think? I so I did watch. I watched. Um, I probably switched between the United game and, and this game. Um, I agree with what Luke said in terms of. I did think you know you sort of had three games. You know, you've played Brentford first game of the season, first time fans in the stadium, first time in there in the Premier League. So okay, I think a lot of teams actually might have lost that game. You then play City and. Chelsea, two of the best teams in Europe, fine. You then think, right, you've got Norwich, bottom of the league, or no, second bottom of the league. Um, at the Emirates, at home, you know, let's go and sweep them away. And they, they didn't do that. They did create some chances. Um, and I do think, I do see some good players in there. So um, I can't remember his name, but they're new right back. Um my friend was at the game and he was going on about how he looks like a beast and oh, watching, you think yeah Tomoyasu. yeah there we go from uh, bologna i believe mm-hmm. um 
And yeah, he just looks like a quite a commanding right back compared to what they had for Bellerin. And Lukonga in midfield, I really like him. I think he looks like a really nice player. And now that Partey's back fit, seeing him and Partey in midfield will be quite interesting. So yeah. it's looking more positive. They've got Burnley next, which will be another test. Um, my issue is it's looking promising, but I just still don't think Arteta is the right person. I still don't see a style of play he's trying to implement. Yeah. It's my issue. I mean, he's on the hot seat. He he really is. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first first one fired this season. But, um, I mean, it could be Ole, but that would have to be a, a complete collapse at this point. I mean, man, you look great. We're going to talk about them in a minute. But, um, but, all right, Arsenal, you guys win. So maybe they can go on a little streak here before they get to the meat of their schedule. Uh, next up is the boring game of the week. Brentford versus Brighton. one nothing Brighton in the 90th minute. Trossard scores. Uh, I got I got nothing there. Good good for Brighton fans. Brentford, I mean, you just came up. I, I thought they'd they'd uh, handle these lost. types of games. Yeah, yeah. I thought That's they'd handle these lost. types of games, but yeah, you're gonna lose games during the season, so it is what it is. Um think, all right. Um, on, sorry, yeah. very quickly on Brighton yeah. as well. They're looking very good. Um yeah, you know, yeah I, good. I, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Last season they just couldn't find the back of the net. And this is a typical game that they would have drawn nil-nil. However, they've got that that luck with them now. Um, and I actually think they'll finish top half. I think they're mm. looking really strong. Play some really nice football, got some nice players. Trossard's a, a very nice player as well. That'd be good for them to finish top half. That's for sure. Yeah. Wow, that'd be that'd be great. Uh and then Man City beats Leicester one nothing. Uh I, I get sad every time I see they scored a goal, but uh, so, sorry to the city fans. Like if, I'm, I'm sure they don't listen by now because all we do is shit. All I do is shit on them, but um, I just, I don't like city. Sorry. I'm going to be honest about it. So 61 possession to 90 to 39 uh, Silva with the goal. I, I think we we're starting to see a little bit of what we were talking about. The struggles with that. They don't have a striker and it's going to show in certain matches. I think in this match, it did show, but Silva was able to score a goal. Um, thoughts on this? I think um, def- defensively, uh, Man City were quite poor. Um, Leicester opened them up quite a few times. Um, Vardy did get a goal, but it was offside, very close yeah. offside, though, very close. Um, but yeah, Leicester opened them up on quite a few occasions. Um, where you sort of had um, Stones, Walker, Diaz, sort of not really knowing where they were. Um, and then, you know, the goal they did get was, you know, a fortunate, fortunate shot from outside the box, deflection, and then Silver taps it in. But, you know, 1-0 win at the King Power Stadium is still a strong result. And I think this is, I think there's two teams at the moment going for the title that are going quietly, and that's Liverpool and City. And that's because all the focus right now is on United, obviously, with Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane, etc., and Chelsea with Lukaku, that they are just they they've got all the news about them. Whereas you've just got City and Liverpool plugging away, getting these results, and yeah. I think that suits both teams. But I think Guardiola likes it as well when they haven't got the spotlight on Man City when it's just quietly going about. I mean, you know, we've spoken about. It. Grealish has just sort of slotted into the team quite nicely. 
and he's not really being brought up, but not because he's playing bad, just because he's almost seamlessly fat, fit, fit in. Yeah. Um, so that's my thoughts. I was thinking that the we're sneaky title contenders myself in Liverpool. I, I didn't think so with City because they still are the favorite. I have the numbers up here if you guys want to hear them, actually. Man City's favorite plus 130, Chelsea plus 250, Liverpool plus 450, and then Man U is plus 550. So that's really good odds for Man U. And then Tottenham six with 6,600. That's how big the drop-off goes after the top four. So, yeah, I, I, when I say City sneaking out, I know that, you know, everyone will still have them as favourites, but I just yeah, mean yeah, that yeah. the spotlight isn't on them like it is. You know, so this weekend, the main highlights are probably Ronaldo returning and then Lukaku scoring a brace. Mm-hmm. So I think the spotlight at the moment is is away from them where they can... I don't think they played that well against Leicester, but no one's focused on that they just got the win and there's not really any highlights of people saying oh we'll see didn't look that great against Leicester because everyone's focusing on the other games yeah that's definitely I mean and with all the huge transfers that just went down for Chelsea and Man U I mean that's fans are going to look that way for, for now but you know again Leicester's going to do their thing they'll, they'll be all right maybe they'll contend later on in the year but I, I think they'll be definitely top half all right, Luke, it's your time to shine, my friend. 4-1, Man U, Cristiano Ronaldo, the show, everything's back. He had two goals, a nice brace. Uh, Fernandez scores for our fantasy, but Adam has Ronaldo for fantasy. And if you're new here, we pick players at the end of every show. Once we pick them, we have them for the rest of the season. So the players we picked week one, we get every goal of the season, and then so on. If you get them in week two, from week two on, and then you can figure it out. So, uh, yeah, Adam picked Ronaldo. For this game so he has these two get two goals on his uh on his spreadsheet but uh wow go ahead luke i don't want to say anything because i kind of just want to like i don't want to jinx anything yeah but we look good um, you're you're a podcaster now man you gotta you gotta take bold takes i know <laughs> um do you know what actually the, the one thing i will say is there's obviously a lot going around about how well ronaldo did coming in getting two goals which is great but the thing that I loved was the last goal with, um, you know, the link up between Pogba, Van der Beek, uh, yeah. Martial and Lingard. Lingard, like, yeah. The other goals, like, weirdly not to shit on Ronaldo, but both were keeping mistakes. Still had to score them and still had to be in the right place, but they were keeping mistakes. Bruno scored a great goal, but the last goal was, like, I think the biggest thing because it's just showing how the team's slowly coming together and how they're able to kind of read where everyone is um, and make those sorts of movements, especially Pogba. I thought he had a really, really good second half. So I know a lot of people will be focusing on Ronaldo coming in and scoring goals, which is great, but I, I think there's bigger takeaways, which is just generally how synchronized the team looks. Um, yeah. I, mean, I enjoyed the game. Yeah, you guys look good. You guys look really good. I mean, Newcastle, we said earlier, they're, they are at the bottom, but they're not that bad. And uh, No, their goal was great. Yeah, They scored a really was. good goal. Um, quick and, on the counter, Maguire was out of position and Varane had to pick it up. He he couldn't lunge in because it probably would have been a penalty. So they were just... they Newcastle just handed, handled that um, that counter-attack really well. St. Maximum did a great job. Um, so, yeah. 
think I think they did all right. It's just there's so you yeah. can't deal with everyone up front. I was uh I was really surprised with how quickly they gelled. I mean, Ollie was playing mind games. He he said the day before that Ronaldo will get in at some point, and then of course he starts him and uh he kills it. I mean, Ronaldo's gonna Ronaldo, but you know, Newcastle scores in the 56 and he comes right back in the 62nd and scores. And that must have felt really good as as Man U fans. But you know what was the nicest moment for me? Actually, when Lingard scored, uh, Ronaldo went to go and uh, you know, high five, congratulate him, whatever. And then after the game, Lingard tweets a picture. Did you guys see this picture? Yeah, the uh, the picture really cool, man. Yeah, Ronaldo there. Yeah. So he was in the academy when Ronaldo yeah. used to play. That's crazy. And now he's playing with them, and they both scored a goal in a game. That's a really nice moment. But they look good, man. They look really good. I, I don't know. This is going to be a long race, a long title race. The, the one thing I am looking forward to is whether Ronaldo starts every game or he doesn't. I think he probably will. But we don't know if he's aging, if towards the end of the season he'll he'll get tired or whatever it might be. But I think just the energy he's given everyone, there's talks that Pogba's potentially looking at staying now versus going. I think that's going to be something that's talked about well well past January, but that's now a conversation. Everyone mm-hmm. looks happy. Everyone looks excited. You've got Greenwood and Rashford and Sancho, who all, they're all going to learn from, from Ronaldo and, and Cavani. So I think there's a lot of positives to take away from it. I still stand by it. I think they're a good holding midfielder away from a title challenge, which still sounds crazy given the amount of talent up front. But I think we're really going to see this season just how vital it is to have that Fabinho or that Rodri or even a, a Jorginho um, or a Kante playing deep and passing through the midfield, uh, picking up the ball from the centre-backs. Um, we're really going to see that now, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really, it's scary as a Liverpool fan, it is. Uh, what about you, Adam? Are you impressed by them or are you just kind of waiting a little bit to to have your reaction? It was horrible in a way that I had a smile when he scored. Um, oh. He's he's like one of my favourite players, probably my favourite player I've grown up with. Um, yeah, no, you love you, Bruno. Not I'm talking about Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been with my dad to Madrid to watch him play uh, when he was at Real Madrid on the Champions League night. I used to watch him when he was at Juventus. I, just, I love him. I, everything about him. So. Although it's for United, I'm glad he went back to United rather than City because I like the sort of football romance about it. Um, and that second goal as well, it was just, you know, he still has that bit of pace to beat a defender, which a lot of people didn't think he had. Um, and I know you people, to be fair, to defend United, I can't believe I'm going to do it. I know people are saying, yeah, it was against Newcastle, Old Trafford, what do you expect? But, you know, they still had to go out there and and put on a performance, and the atmosphere did seem quite good. Um, I think, as well, what happens when you have a player like Ronaldo is players around want to impress him. Yeah, for sure. So it, so it ups the, it's, it's, I compare it similar to when we have Van Dijk at the back. They want to, defenders around him, they want to impress him as well, because you look at, you look at these players and think, you know, they're some of the best players in the world. Ronaldo is, in my opinion, the best player in the world. So, you know, players... You know, not so much Pogba as such, but, you know, Sancho coming in, Greenwood, Shaw, um, you know, they want to impress. And, you know, I said last week, 
um, Bruno will be the one to suffer. And I still think he will just because, you know, in one way, it's probably rolled him up. Like I'm sure when he saw Ronaldo getting two goals, he was like, I need to score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still I still worry that, you know, last season, I can't remember exactly how many goals Bruno scored. It was like 19, I think, around that mark. And I think around nine of them, I reckon, nine or 10 were set pieces, whether that's penalty or free kicks. Now, if Ronaldo's going to be taking those set pieces, there's no player in the world that you go to them and say, I'm taking 10 goals away from you. We'll be happy. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. And it is something that we'll see how Oli manages. I still don't think Oli's a good manager. He's got very good players, but I think in those big games where he needs to be tactical with it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, because it will happen, there will be a game where United are drawing or they're one down and Ronaldo isn't doing anything, whether he's tired or just isn't having a good game. And I'm looking forward to seeing whether Oli has the balls to take him off. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. It, there could be some egos in there. There definitely could be. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, positive poor, weekend for United. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was. But, I mean, poor Bruno Fernandez. like you said, man, he loves taking set pieces, obviously. And he can't take them in Portugal because Ronaldo's there. And now in his, in his club, he can't take them. So, you know, it's going to be a bummer for, for him. You know, I, you got to give the PKs to Ronaldo, right? You got to. Even All though right. Bruno, Bruno's good at taking them. But... I don't know. Well, I think uh, you have to give it to him. Yeah, I think Ronaldo does does, does take them. I saw, um, we'll, we'll see. I, I saw, I, I sent it to you, Adam. I'm not sure how true this is, but apparently Ollie came out and said that he's going to choose before every game who takes the penalties. Huh. Yeah, but that's his game plan. Yeah, but that's just his game plan. He picks Ronaldo. Yeah. He'll just pick Ronaldo until Ronaldo's not playing and then he'll give it to Bruno. I was gonna say, can you imagine um, he walks in there and he's just like, "Sorry, Ronaldo, Bruno's gonna take him." <laughs> right? Imagine the upset. The surprise of <laughs> um, the season's been that United played four games and I don't think they've had a penalty yet, so that's been a surprise. <laughs> but I, I mean, listen, it's everybody wants to score goals, especially if you know. Got to give Bruno credit when he came to Man U. They t- they started to turn it around. They started to. Um, and you were, you brought up Pogba actually, and now I'm thinking he'd be stupid to leave because all I heard what he was leaving for is Juventus, and why would you want to go there right now? So I think he'd be stupid to leave unless there's another team you think that he would uh, play uh, I well with. PSG, I I think if he's going anywhere, it'd be PSG. Okay, well, link up with. Well, I mean, Mbappe might leave, but still Messi and and Neymar, right? Like it's right. Yeah. We still have a very good chance of winning a, a Champions League with them. So I think if he does move, it'll be it will be PSG, but hopefully I think it's now. Hopefully he just I hope so. Because I think, you know, I'm I'm also hoping United go after a, a, a proper number six. And if we if we hold on to Bruno and and uh, Pogba in front of them, I think we'll be then I can turn around and be like, cool. We can challenge now, but I still think, still think that's going to be a massive issue. Um, mm. That's the thing I think is going to be holding them back from from a title charge. Oh man, we'll see. It's, I just can't even like this. This is definitely the most competitive I've I can remember in recent years. As with all like the last couple of years, it was Liverpool or City. Basically, mm. that that was the title race, and now we have you know four legitimate contenders. I think. So we'll see what happens, but 
it's going to be a really, really fun year. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, as a Man U fan, I hear what you're saying. You don't want to jinx anything, but all Manchester United fans out there, I just sit back and enjoy this for now because, you know, you got Lingard back on your team and he's scoring goals. He's not at West Ham yet. You know, I think I still think he should be a starter every type of game type of player, but, um, you know, he's not going to be with Man U. So we'll see if we'll see what happens. There's a lot of a lot of uh, opinionated players on this team. Like you said, like say, say they uh, they go to Ronaldo before the game and say, oh, Bruno is going to take the PKs today. He goes, OK. And then say he wins the PK. He causes the foul. You're really going to tell me he's going to stand up, brush his, his knees off and go watch and not take the shot. So it could get a little messy, but hopefully for now, for Man U fans, it stays on this trajectory, which is looking good. It's definitely looking good. I can't wait to all the top six teams play each other at least once so we can see yeah. so we can see what happens. You know, I know we played Chelsea already as Liverpool and we should have won that game. And that's that's annoying. But that happens. There's always a game you should have won that end up tying or, or drawing always. Uh, Southampton versus West Ham. Boring. I guess I could have should have called this the boring game of the week. Nil nil. Antonio gets sent off into 95th. You guys got anything on this? I was just pissed that Antonio didn't score. That's all. <laughs> yeah, he um he cost me points in my fantasy. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, Southampton they should have won the game. Actually, they had one really good chance. Um, I can't remember who their striker is. He he went through on goal and missed. But yeah, a bit of a bit of a no nothing game. But you know, West Ham now they've had three very good weeks, and then they've got draw away at Southampton, and now they've got the Europa League game coming up on Thursday and I think that's where we might see the league form mm-hmm. start to dip a bit because I don't think they've got the squad capable of playing that Thursday, Sunday I agree. Um, mix. You know, they're very heavily reliant at the moment on Ben Rommel and Antonio. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, because I they were my sleeper pick to make the Champions League for next year. So I had them possibly finishing in the top four, but that was before the season started and all these moves started going down. So uh, I still think they can possibly finish in top six, go to Europa League next year. I think they're a really good team, but this game was not, it did not make my theory look sound because that was just a weird, boring game against Southampton. All right, next up, Wolves finally get their win, take down Wofford 2-0. It was a nice game for them, you know, finally got their win. Um, it'd be nice to see, uh, what's his name, score a goal. Uh, Jim Jimenez, it'd be nice to see when he finally gets his yes. goal. Because yeah. that was such a scary injury when that happened. I was watching live and I was just like, what is going on? Uh, you know, not as scary as the Erickson thing, but still it was it was really, really frightening. Which by the way, were you guys watching live when Erickson went down? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, I was me surprised too. they showed as much as much of it as they did. Oh man, they showed way too much. Yeah. It was uh scary. You never never want that. But but yeah, Wolves finally get their win. Adama Traore, he did he does what he does. He runs really fast and sets up players. But uh, I, I would love to see him with like Liverpool per se, or or a team that's gonna use his skills in a different way. Is there a chance he can ever turn in his foot into a goal scorer, or that's just not who he's meant to be? With the right manager, I think he just needs. Yeah, the right manager, I think, can turn him from a, you know, an occasional eight out of ten, probably on average six, seven out of ten performances to a sort of that solid nine, eight, nine ten out of ten performances because, you know, a lot of the time you watch him and he's just the pace and the power 
I just can't get the ball off him. And then he gets mm-hmm. that final third and it's just like, you know, uh, I almost compare it to when I used to watch Phil Walcott play um, for Arsenal back in the day. Everything was good until he got to that final third and he had sort of time to think about what he was going to do. And it would just, he'd just fluff it up. Whereas when it was wow. just more instinctive, yeah, it sort of come up, you saw the talent. Interesting. That's a that's that's really good connection. I I definitely see the comparison between the two. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Adama. I mean, one he's fun to play with on FIFA just because how fast and strong he is. But you know, outside of running and busting through everyone and then passing it back to Trent Alexander Arnold to do the passing for you, like what's you know what's he gonna do? He's he he needs to work with a different manager. I think so. It'd be nice to see him on a team other than Wolves. But yeah, Wolves gets a 2-0 win. And then finishing the Saturday games, Chelsea win three nothing. Look dominant against Aston Villa. Uh, I feel bad for Aston Villa right now because you know obviously they lost their top guy right before the season started. Um, what what are your guys' thoughts on this game? And for me, Lukaku scored two. So for our fantasy challenge, that's good for me because I have him. Uh, Lukaku just uh, he's just. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but he had like the fewest touches on the pitch, I think, of any of the players. I think he had like 14 touches or something ridiculously low in the whole game. But he got two goals. And, you know, I don't think Chelsea played particularly well, but they won Mm 3-0. And that is what title winning teams do. Mm -hmm. They don't play well, but they have the players that just end the game. And I think, you know, I think we were talking about earlier when we were talking about FIFA ratings and, you know, can't compare FIFA to real life. Some of Chelsea play, especially when you look at Chelsea's back line, the ratings aren't that high across the whole the whole field. And I think that's that's because I genuinely believe, I mean, they've obviously got good players, but I don't think they have a team full of world-class players. They have world-class players in their team, but what they have is one of the best managers in the world that can coach players that are of an average level. You know, yeah. for example, Marcus Alonso, I think he is a decent footballer, but, you know, not one of the best in the league by a long shot. But he's able to play in this team because Tuchel can coach him to make sure his position is correct and he attacks when he needs to. So I think it's yeah. a lot about Tuchel and the team he's set around him. And in the midfield, they've got, um, you know, Kante, Jorginho, especially Jorginho. I just think he's such a, a great player that, was underrated, who is now properly rated after the Euros. So, and this guy just doesn't lose the ball. Um, and we're sort of starting to see the Jorginho that Sari had at Napoli and why he brought him over to the Premier League because he's that player that can dictate dictate the tempo and sort of just get the play starting and recycle the ball. Um, but yeah, you know, Aston Villa, though, they were missing uh, Buendia and Martinez because they have to quarantine. Um, so they yeah. had a couple of their best players out but I, you know like you said they sold their top man they invested it in quite a few different players and it's one of those mm-hmm. where sometimes sometimes spending 100 million on five different players it takes time for it all to gel and come together I agree yeah um, but yeah you know I think he Dean Smith the manager might be one that could quietly fall into that hot seat because they've spent the money now and when you spend that certain amount of money, um, you have expectations. And I think that the owners of Aston Villa sort of want to bring the club to the next level. So I think just staying in the Premier League won't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, 
they could definitely go down if they don't figure this out. They really could. It's a shame because they were they were good last year. I mean, they 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 had some really nice moments last year. Um, you know, not championship level good, but but good enough, decent. Uh, like maybe like lesser, you could have made a run like that. But they, it's just you know, right now they're I think they're just beaten down, and they need to just yep. step on the brakes and recollect their things and and get it going because it's still a long season. You can't give up just yet. There's still some nice players. Who's the, the goal scorer on that team now? I can't remember his name. He's up front Ains. for Aston Villa. Uh, for Aston Villa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and they have Ings now. So I, I think they will win some games, but they need to shake this one off and just get back at it yeah. because it's a long season, long way to go. All right. Liverpool take down leads 3 nothing. Mohamed Salah breaks a breaks another record, and uh, he now has a hundred goals for Liverpool. Or no, in the Premier League. I, Premier League. How many did he have with Chelsea? Two. Two. Which is so really annoying. It's really annoying that he played those games for Chelsea because he would have got to a hundred goals a lot quicker just for mm-hmm. Liverpool. Then I think he had like fourteen games for Chelsea and two goals. Yeah. Right. I mean. In his Premier League life, he has 110 wins, 21 losses. That's incredible. 100 goals. He's got 36 assists. I mean, the guy's a machine with Liverpool. It's it's fantastic, and you got to give him credit. He is incredible, and he keeps working on it. Hopefully, they get this deal figured out that they're trying to do. I don't believe all the rumors that he wants 500,000 a week or whatever that bullshit was. But uh, I, I do think he wants a raise, and he deserves a raise. But you know, something with it, something reasonable, not, not that. Uh, but then uh, Fabinho scores off of a messy corner kick and then Mane scores in the 90th plus two to uh, finish the game three, nothing. Uh, I was, I was generally happy with the performance. I was a little mad. Jota didn't score early in the game. If you remember that redirect shot, his foot was a little too far back and it went over the net. Uh, just th- those kinds of opportunities. Every time someone skies one of those over the net, I'm just like, I know what you were trying to do, and I understand you're in the heat of the moment, but those are empty net goals. If you just get your foot on it and put it in the right direction, it's going to go in. And I feel like sometimes the players just put a little too much power on it, and it just skies over the net. But uh, but outside of that, no real complaints for me as a Liverpool fan. What about you, Adam? I think the first 10 minutes was, you know, really good in terms of end-to-end football from, from Leeds and Liverpool attacking. Leeds had a chance early on. Uh, but then after that, I think we just imposed our dominance. And yeah, it was just a very professional win. I think Fabinho just is, you know, we went said earlier about how United could do with a number six. If they had Fabinho in that, they would be, yeah, sure, they'd win the title because he just plays such an important role in protecting that back line. And, you know, mm. what we didn't have last season was him there because he had to play centre-back. Yeah, play centre-back, yeah. Such which, a waste. Meant that, which meant that our fullbacks weren't pushing as much, whereas now Trent and, and Robbo have just the freedom to push forward um, and get on those wings. And also, I just think Kevin Van Dijk back again is just such a difference he, he makes to this team. Playing a higher line and the balls he plays and the calmness and composure he brings. And also... So my, my Liverpool player of the season actually so far is probably Joel Matip. A player mm-hmm. that I don't think... I love that. As, as a Liverpool fan, he does. But I think from the wider league, I don't think they, he gets as much respect as he deserves because mm. 
I mean, I think when you look at when you look at um, I think him him and Van Dijk have actually only played like thirty odd times together due to injuries and stuff, but their win percentage is incredible, and he suits Van Dijk. They're, they're a very good partnership, and also, you know, sometimes you watch Maguire try and dribble with the ball into midfield, and it's awful. But you watch Matic dribble with the ball, and it's like a gazelle. Yeah, you know, for a player who's yeah. sort of tall and lanky as him, it shouldn't be possible, but he does great. Um, but no, really good performance. Obviously, it was a shame. Harvey Elliott. Oh, um, that looked bad, hope, man. That looked really bad. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was a red card, to be honest. It was. It was... It... Oh, you don't think it should have been? No, sorry. Okay. I don't think it yeah. should have been. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Harvey Elliott agrees with you. Elliott said the yeah, same thing. I, I think <laughs> even if you look at Klopp um, sort of before and after, I think before he got on the pitch and was a bit like, you know, look what's happened. But I think after him, in his interview, he calmed down a bit. And I think he realised actually it, it, was, it was quite a good challenge and it just do, caught the back leg. Do you have to give a red because of the outcome though? Not that the challenge was a red, but because the severity no, of the injury. You, no, you don't. But I think that's what's happened. Yeah. Um, but, because but no, I think, you shouldn't. No, I agree with you. But I think from a referee standpoint, you it's like whether or not you've just seen the challenge clear as, de- clear as day, it's like you've literally got a player there with the ankle not correct. Mm-hmm. And you've got all these players around who are obviously from a Liverpool perspective, like livid at the challenge and upset. So I think does that play into it? Does the ref kind of think shit, should I be given a red here? Yeah, I think it is the heat at the moment. But then at the same time, we yeah, VAR's there to I agree. The thing, the thing with VAR though, it is meant for a clear and obvious, you know, uh, decision. And you might say that's not a clear and obvious error because there could be some debate that it should be a red. I don't think it was. Um, but you know, shout out to the Liverpool and also I think the Leeds medical team who I think they were on the scene within like seven seconds. I think you see the video of Salah calls him over and they were actually able to. So he dislocated his ankle and like I think they were able to pop it back in like and sort of reduce any further damage that's already been taken. But I think we'll hear sort of early this week the extent of the damage. But, yeah. you know, it's actually, it says a lot about Harvey Elliott, the fact that he's 18 years old, he's played our first four games and don't get me wrong, we'll be gutted any player gets injured. You don't want that to happen. But the fact is Liverpool fans, we're thinking, oh God, what are we going to do? He was so good in that midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that's says that's a lot, lot says a lot about how actually mature he's been for the first few games. Yeah. Um, but no, I think we played really well. And, you know, we've got 10 points. We've played Chelsea already. Um, I'm not sure who we've got next week, but I expect another win. So keep rolling it on. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the team for sure. But going back to what you said, Luke, does the ref feel like he has to give it out? Now, that gave me flashbacks, bad flashbacks, of when Virgil got hurt last year from Pickford and Pickford didn't get a red on that. And it was, people say it was because there was an offsides or something like that. So that the extra play didn't count. But I mean, to me, that was such a dirty hit that he should have been thrown out. But uh, I guess I'm biased. I mean, do you guys remember that move? Do you remember, I, do you think he should have been carded for that? Same 100%. type of, yeah. Same type of thing. Yeah. Someone gets hurt. Someone gets hurt Pick, really bad. Pick, yeah. Pickford is just reckless anyway. Like you see, a few, I saw a lot of people talking about it in the Euros, like especially, but nothing he does looks comfortable. Even the simple saves, he's he's got this thing about him where he just does not look comfortable. And I think when you 
come to situations like the Van Dyke incident, I don't think he understands where he should put his hands and his feet, and that's when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 100% he should have received the card there, and I think just in game in general, I think there's so many things that have been lucky that have not come out as worse injuries because of the way he plays, because he just does not look comfortable. Yeah, that's a good point. That's definitely a good point. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Harvey's good soon. Uh, does anyone know what's up with Curtis Jones? I, I should have looked that up pregame. Uh, but why is uh, I don't, don't think know. he's injured. He's not injured. I just think he's um I mean, this might be his opportunity. So I think we saw towards the end of last season he started coming to the team. Um, yeah. and then I think it happens sometimes with young players where they get a run of 10 games and they sort of impress, but then they sort of need that break. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a, he will play. And, you know, I think there are a few lonely, I think Villa even inquired about him and we were very adamant about, no, he's not for sale. So I just think, you know, that we could say the same with Canate. He hasn't played yet. I just, you know. Yeah. Klopp, Klopp is one of the best managers at leading players into teams. Yeah, so I'd I, have to I agree with that. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry. All right. All right, cool. That we got one more game, then we're gonna do our fantasy picks. I am up first this week because I remember I got Sun last. So before we get to that, we have to talk about the game that just happened today. Everton takes down Burnley 3-1 after they it was a scoreless first half. So to end up being four goals is pretty crazy. And Ben Mee scored to kick things off in the 53rd minute followed by another defender for Everton scoring, Keane, and then Townsend and Damari Gray both score. I was able to catch some of this game, but not all of it because I was finishing up work. But um, Townsend, I think he's a good player. I do think he's a good player. And I remember when he scored this crazy goal against Man City a couple of years ago, and I was so happy because, uh, yeah, City ended up losing that game to them too. And it was like a crazy awesome goal from, from outside the box. But uh, I think Townsend's a good player. What do you guys think about this Everton team? Same as last year and they'll cool off, or what do you think? Uh, yeah, they, they'll call it rough. And he is, is, uh, he's a very good manager. He's a very tactical manager. He knows how to set a team up. Um, so I think they will, you know, they'll be near and about the top half. But, you know, I think eventually, you know, at the moment they've – Townsend is a good player, but he's also not a he's not a consistent player. He's not going to be this good every single game. And I don't think they have that consistency. And I think we see mm-hmm. it pretty much with Everton every season that they have a high and then it just calms down a bit. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still a good result, especially after going one nil down. Um, yeah, and scoring three goals and a half well, three goals in yeah. six minutes they scored. So that's that's a really big burst of alpha, alpha, uh, offensive uh, output. So good good job there. That was, I mean, that's crazy to score three goals in six minutes. That's not. And I think, talk about Townsend, but Damari Gray's now scored three, and three goals in three games. And mm-hmm. I think that could be a bargain of the season, to be honest. I got him for one million from, from Leverkusen. Um, and I always liked him when he was at Leicester. Um, was a bit shocked when they sold him. And then again, a bit shocked when I found out that he's, come for one million but there's probably reasons behind that it didn't work out in Germany but he's another very good player so they've got some they've got some decent players there some good Premier League standard players um, and obviously Dal- uh, Calvin Lewitt 
um, misses through injury, so he wasn't even there. So, yeah, they're, they're decent, is what I would say. Decent, but not any better. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right, well, that wraps up the games for this week. So now we are going to do our fantasy challenge. And basically, it's just us three against each other all, all season long. And like I said earlier, we draft them. We have them on the team for the rest of the year. And I, I will do a quick recap of the squads. Eventually, it's going to get too hard to say all these names, but we'll do it for like, you know, the midseason break and the season finale for sure. But so far, my team is Mane, Lukaku, Bamford, and Son. Luke has Bruno, Firmino, Kane, and Tony. Adam has Salah, Vardy, Ings, and Cristiano Ronaldo. So as it stands right now, me and Adam are tied with six and Luke has four. All his goals are from Bruno, actually, because he had the hat trick in week one. And uh, all right, here's week five picks. I'm going to pick Aubameyang. He got one this week. Maybe Arsenal can start putting together some wings and and maybe he'll be the reason why. I think if they do get some wins, he'll be a huge reason why. So that's my pick. I don't have an Arsenal player yet, so I'll go with Aubameyang. Nice. Uh, Luke, uh, you're up. Yes, me. Well, actually, I got a little bit worried for a second because Adam brought up Damari Gray, uh, which is who I'm going to pick. Oh. Uh, I tried to be quiet. I didn't want to bring anything about him up when talking about um, about Everton. So Because uh, yeah. he said he had a goal-scoring streak. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, ah, someone's going to pick him. But, yeah, I'm going to take him. Okay. So he is on your team from week five on. All right, Luke. Um, I'm going to go with Jimenez. So I don't think he's been taken yet, has he? No, he hasn't. So, and, I, and I was just saying I would like to see him score. So, yeah, yeah. he'll start scoring. He'll definitely start yeah, scoring. So I'm going to go with him. All right, cool. And that is our show this week. Again, if you guys want to get in touch with us, we're Scene Invaders on all social media platforms. So Scene Invaders is the movie TV podcast. Uh, eventually we, we might get our own Twitter for this, but right now it's all the same stuff anyway. All goes through the all the same uh, emails and everything. So to keep it easy, scenevaders at gmail.com. We're scenevaders on all social media platforms. Again, we are the not named soccer podcast yet, but maybe we'll have one by next week, but we don't need one. We're, we're good anyway. Luke and Adam, have a great week, guys. And uh, Cheers, guys. Everyone, out, everyone out there, take it easy. All right. Thanks. Oh, thank you.